Well, hello, welcome back. This is Jamie Eichel from runningrestaurants.com where we bring you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to make your restaurant more profitable and successful. I've got a great interview session for you on tap today with Tony Smith, co-founder and CEO at Restaurant 365. Here we go. All right, Tony, let's talk about the state of restaurant technology. Where do you think we are today and where do you see things going in the next, say, five years? What do you think? Yeah. Well, you know, thinking about the restaurant industry in general, I think we are as strong as ever, right? The Americans are spending estimated more money on restaurants and bars than they are on groceries. That's really a shift that's just been happening during this decade. Huge change. And so with that, there's money available and restaurants need to be running as smart as they can to capitalize on it. So thinking about technology, one of the things that is uh, shown through over, say, the last seven years, maybe, is a, is a big adoption of technology, especially cloud technologies, where the restaurant industry in the past was a slower adopter. So, you know, they were lagging a little bit in that, and there were some reasons, but, you know, to keep the answer short enough, I'll just give you the reasons for why I see that change happening now. One, the internet is better in a lot of places, even remote stores where before some of these stores couldn't even get the internet. You know, another one is that there's a lot of solutions available now that have become much more powerful and helpful. And that's on the point of sale side. You know, you'll see a lot more people in the restaurants walking around with tablets. It's also on the back of the house and corporate office side as well, just very connected in technology. Um, and then another thing that I've noticed is that a lot of the people running restaurants or are more tech comfortable than people that ran restaurants in yesteryear. And, and so because of that, uh, technology has also been, been adopted and even demanded by some of these folks, especially the mobile side of it when everyone's much more comfortable on a phone or tablet. Yeah, man, you hit a couple, you, you hit a couple of key points there that I wanna get, yeah, business is strong as ever. And there, there, there are customers out there. We, we were dining at a place, uh, actually, we don't go to a mall this often, but we were traveling. We went to a mall, eight restaurants in one place, just jamming. I mean, buzzing. You're like, you, you're like I, I had the, the thought of walking through the parking lot. I'm like, well, no, no economy slumping here. I mean, the place was just jammed. So people are spending money, but there's competition out there. And so you have to, you have to be able to attract people to your place and then extract, for lack of a better word, the profits out of them during their visits. So let's talk about that aspect of it because I know you guys help there. When you think about restaurant profits, um, they are getting squeezed, uh, labor costs, uh, rent, everything is, is making it more challenging. So what kind of tips would you share with operators that are experiencing that where they can look to grab some more points for their bottom line? What do you think? Well, yeah, I, I could uh, I could go to town on this one because that's my day job, right? It's my passion. But uh, so you, you cut me off at any time, but let me hit a few things. So I'll limit it to three key factors. There's three things that a restaurant group can do to help themselves. And these aren't gonna be rocket science, but number one is they can increase sales. Number two is that they can control food costs. And number three is that they can control labor costs. So let me just hit each of those a little bit and elaborate here. On increasing sales, uh, one thing they need to look at is maximizing the ways to serve customers within their same square footage. Right, so you're paying a certain amount to rent this place and maybe it's only a kitchen, maybe it's a kitchen and a counter that folks walk up, or maybe you've got the full suite with a lot of tables that folks are sitting down, maybe you have a drive-through. Whatever it is that you have though, you have to think, how can I use this square footage to serve more people? So some of the, you know, and, and another thing that you need is make sure you have full visibility into what those numbers are. So you need to know your sales at each of the stores that you might own and be very clear on that. 
once you have that and you're brainstorming ways that you can maximize the revenue, so you know, some of the things to consider that are huge trends I'm seeing right now, number one is delivery, of course. You know, delivery is big right now. Uh, another one that I'm seeing some people do is uh, starting programs where they mail their recipe and ingredients to people's homes and they make it at home. You know, it's just something that people enjoy doing. They feel like they're getting an added value and it doesn't make you, uh, you know, use any more space at your restaurant. Another one I see people doing is starting to open little ghost kitchens so that, you know, they can, they can serve food out of a real small food truck somewhere that has that same recipe, making it more convenient for people to get. Some of these kitchens where no one can walk up and order, but it's just for delivery specifically, and they put it somewhere that's convenient for these drivers to pick up. So there's a lot of ways that you can look to increase your sales in this, in this market. Uh, the next one was controlling food costs. You know, as I think about that one, here's just a few quick rules of thumb. One, do regular stock counts. You have to be doing that um, and, and have that flow through to your, to your accounting so that everyone is on sync with what this food is costing you. Uh, one thing that stock counts do besides actually tracking the numbers is it just shows employees that you care and that you're watching. And, and when you do that, then employees are a little more careful with what they're doing. And we all know they're the ones who ultimately are going to affect this. Um, you know, a part of that in controlling food costs is tracking food purchases clearly. Uh, you know, you need to fully track line item what you're purchasing so that you know what's coming in and out. And an added bonus there is if you can use a system that's recommending purchase quantities, you know, a system that knows your recipes, knows your sales trends, can recommend what to purchase, knows your vendor's lead time, keeps you much more efficient there. Another thing on the food cost, be sure to track waste and track the transfers that are going between stores if you own multiple stores, uh, you know, so that you don't have some, some little costs leaking in and out of the business. Um, and then lastly, do a full analysis on actual versus theoretical usage. So you do the stock count and you know what, what's actually there. But then look at your recipes and your sales mix and understand what should have been there. And that'll help you to pinpoint if you've got over portioning problems or if stuff's walking out the door. Okay. So then let's move on to labor costs. A uh, few things you can do there. One is reduce turnover by providing things that make employees stickier. You know, one thing that seems real exciting to me these days is, you know, getting a way to pay your employees every day. I, there, there's some real benefit. There's, there's different perks and things that you can do that are going to make these employees want to work for you longer and really value that experience. And that's going to help. Other ways to control labor costs is use a scheduling system with overtime warnings. Overtime can be one of the biggest killers. It really sneaks up on you. Uh, another one is manage the schedule uh, that integrates with wherever the employees are clocking in so that they can't clock in early. You have 10, 15 minute early clock-ins all the time and all of a sudden that's gonna kill any of the profit that you would have had in the store. Um, and then lastly is review the schedule versus the actual time so that you're keeping everyone honest there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are just a few of the ways. Yeah, that's awesome. I, 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 was, <laughs> I was just jotting notes, I got a half page there. So let me go back through some, some of that stuff and uh, starting, starting with the increased sales piece, maximi maximizing revenues is, is a good point, right? So. Um, you're seeing the trends, delivery, meal at home. I know we do some of that here. Now the wife is always looking for, for ways to uh, make dinner both interesting but quicker and, and not necessarily the cheapest but most efficient for the family. So think about with that in mind. And I have seen pieces about the ghost kitchens out there 
where folks are just you know, catering to a niche. Um, uh, one, could be one or two food items, and then you can hit that for delivery and, 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 and sell there. So yeah, use your footage. Great. I, I really like that. Um, the controlling, controlling the, the food costs. Really, I wanted to, I just I jotted down, comes back to your tech point. The fact that people are more comfortable with tech these days, I think, wraps into that. So they're willing to use the tools to track the stuff versus, yeah, you can, you can count it on paper, uh, but what the heck is happening with that, you know? And, and, then, and then what gets watched gets, you know, gets, 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 um, gets managed, right? So if, they're, if, you know, if you show them that you are counting it, people are going to pay more attention. That by itself can have an impact. And then, and then I just love the, the buzzword stickiness. How can you make your employees want to stay with you so you can reduce turnover, which just has a virtuous cycle of benefits for, for your restaurant. So um, a lot of good stuff there. Appreciate that. Let's, let's keep um, pushing ahead and, and talk a little bit about um, uh, in, independent operators, which we like to give some tips to uh, for sure. And, and the challenge is different for them. It's different for every restaurant out there in different categories and different geographies. But, but as you think about the independent operator, what, what do you think are some of the toughest challenges facing them? Uh, how can they best leverage themselves for success in today's marketplace? What do you think? Yeah. Well, one thing that I really hear there is, uh, you know, the rising labor costs. People are really afraid of the minimum wage increases. And, and also, as I had mentioned before, the employee turnover. That, that's, a, that's a common thing that, that gets brought up. And another thing that I hear a lot from these groups is falling behind some of the big boys because those groups can apply the more sophisticated technology and can really refine their margins, right? And so, so those are two things where these independents really need to, uh, to dig in and, and to be able to compete and to thrive. And, and I think they really can though. You know, you, you see uh, a trend from some of these uh, folks that are going out to eat these days. They want a unique experience. They want a value add. They want something that's uh, maybe focusing on sustainability. And so there's lots of things that these groups can do to appeal to this market uh, that we have today. I mean, a couple things they can do, get data into the restaurant manager's hands quickest, right? Um, if you're doing something where you're only running these numbers and getting them to people a month in, that's going to hurt. So, so get things because the restaurant manager is the one who can really affect things. So get it into their hands as quickly as possible on the daily, hopefully. Um, you know, and then another one is some of the smaller groups that I talk with, they, they end up with uh, maybe they're using three or four different technologies and they aren't talking to each other. And so they aren't really realizing the full potential there. Of, of, so one phrase we like to use here is you should strive for the connected restaurant mm -hmm. because we're in a world where everything can connect and the more connected you are, right, the more inefficiency that you're going to remove from your operation. And so take advantage of those tools. There's lots of them at your disposal. Yeah, the good, new, the good news is it is, uh, more possible to take advantage of, of tools. I, I, I echo your thought about the, the big boys. I, I don't know the exact number, but I remember at one point seeing an article on, I believe it was like Panera Bread, who spelt, spent a bazillion dollars figuring out how to integrate all the delivery aspects and new kiosks and stuff. So they, they obviously had the money to do it versus that. But off the shelf now, there's, some, there's a service I bet you can find for $79 a month that will do 80% of what theirs does. Um, or I'm just throwing random numbers out there. But, that, but you can find tools like that. And then to your point, just make sure as many of them talk together as possible. If not, you can find a one-stop solution that does a large majority of things. So Because when you have good data, you can make good decisions. And uh, kind of goes to what you guys do. So what, t tell me more about Restaurant 365. Uh, are there places where you find savings right away for clients? Or w w examples? What do, you, what do you think? Yeah, so 
Um, I, I like to always say we help restaurants grow and by providing visibility and efficiency. And, and that's in a lot of the areas we've been discussing today. One way to look at us, uh, you know, kind of what, what's different about us, we're doing this and we tie it all into our full accounting module that we've written specific for restaurants. So we've got full accounting on the back end that's tying in the corporate office. And then we have these operations tools that are helping you with scheduling, with food cost management, et cetera, at the store level. And so what we're able to do there is tie the restaurant manager to the corporate office every day. And so, you know, something that they get from us, they realize these savings in food costs and labor, and they really understand the sales numbers clearly. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a big, it's a, uh, it's a big difference when, when you can do that uh, and have the numbers to play with and, and talk and talk across um, the manager. So I, I appreciate that. And I want to, I want to talk a little bit more about the company, but I also want to get personal with you and let's, let's chat a little bit about uh, your thoughts, things that they excite you and, and so forth. So let's, let's, let's go with um, a business life lesson. So um, what, what is a, the best business or life advice you've, you've ever received? What do you got? Oh man, I've, I've gotten so much good advice. Let me whittle it here. Let me think. Okay. Personal. When I was trying to decide what I was going to study in college and then right at the end of college where I was going to work, um, I was told do something where you have control over the impact you make. And that was amazing advice to me because it, it keeps me engaged in what I'm doing. It keeps me feeling like I'm growing and learning. And, and so that's something that I've tried to infuse into our culture here as well. And I, I really hope our people feel that because, you know, a job is somewhere you're spending too much time if it's just the place that makes money so you can live your life. At this point, it has to actually be a meaningful part of your life that's helping you grow and learn. And, and so, yeah, that's really something that I try to apply. Um, let me give you one business one as well. So that's a personal one. On the business side, uh, one thing that people have talked to me about and I've really taken to heart is everyone needs to understand how they're connected. So because of that, I've started to tell everyone three things. We're family. We share the risk and the responsibility, and we are aligned. And so one thing that allows us to do is I like to tell people, you know, everyone wants to have self-preservation. They want to protect themselves, and they want their standing in the company protected. You know, there's all of this survival mechanism that kicks in for us. And so I say, if you can understand those three things that I just shared, then you can turn down your self-preservation mode. And all of that energy can be dedicated to adding value to the world. And if you're doing that here at Restaurant 365, then of course you're going to add value to the company through the value that we're adding to the world. Yeah, it's a good point, right? Uh, I think we all spend too much time in uh, our society and world protecting uh, our own little pieces instead of just being part of something and letting it get bigger. And then I like also your, your point there, do, you know, do something where you have control over, over the outcome and yeah, feel like you feel like you're really participating in it. And I think that echoes with a lot of folks from certainly, um, uh, the millennial generation and so forth that want to feel that impact, but everything, but everybody, you should want to not have nine to five, go to home and, and not, not care. Like I want people to care about what they do. So what about, what about on the role model side? Was it uh, was it a teacher or a professor, or a mentor, or a, a boss? Who's a role model for you? Yeah. Um, I have, I have so many, a reason I have so many is one of my mantras is 
this acronym that's not catchy in any way, GDA. Okay, that, that like, you know, you can't even say it, it doesn't roll off the tongue. But for me, that's gather data from everywhere possible, decide quickly, and act immediately, and then repeat. And that's really the mantra I'm, I'm living my life by. And so I'm open to info from everybody. And I really do take learning from a lot of people. Uh, but with that, I mean, if I'm really thinking of best role models in my life, it's my siblings. So I'm the youngest of six kids. So I had a lot of people that go before me and make mistakes and, and learn from them. Surprisingly, they didn't make many. I mean, I have some fantastically intelligent, wise siblings. And, and I really can track most of what I have decided in life in terms of when key decisions come up to what I've observed them doing. So, you know, and just really wanting to be like them. Yeah, nice, uh, nice sounding board there to have that. Uh, but I'm sure along the way, I want to I mention mistakes. So I'm sure it happens to everybody. You've made a mistake. What would you say is one of the bigger mistakes you've made inside or outside business? Uh, share that. Yeah, uh, you should be asking my wife this question. I think, <laughs> think she's more qualified, although I, I do think she's probably too nice to answer that and be honest. Um, Man, personal mistake. In sixth grade, I wrapped a rubber band around my nose to be funny. I'm always wanting to entertain people. And that, that's persisted throughout life. But in sixth grade, I wrapped this rubber band around my nose, left it on for about 10 minutes. When I took it off, my nose was red or purple. And it had a big, you know, big red purple bulb on the end of it. And that lasted for about three days. Super <laughs> embarrassing. Everyone called me Rudolph. I, that's just the first thing that came to mind here when you asked that. I know that's not like a catastrophic mistake. Um, you know, when it comes to really big mistakes, I mean, to be honest, you know how I shared GDA earlier, I really do live in this iterative mindset, you know, there's this approach where I'm always repeating and learning quickly. And so I can't really think of a catastrophic one that comes up because as soon as I decide something, I'm gathering data and I'm making a small tweak and then we do it again. So instead of huge mistakes, I mean, I think I probably make 10,000 little ones. Yeah. 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 So, all right. So, so lesson to, uh, we're probably more a B2B audience that are older, but if any kids are listening in, do not stick a rubber band around your nose and hold there it. There you go. Life, life lesson for, for a long, for a long, long time. But no, definitely too. So I think this, this one's going to be a good question for you because based on, on what you're saying so far, what about uh, a quote, a leadership quote, a, a book thing, something you might hang on a wall that you look back to? What, what do you think there? Yeah, here it is. Ego is the killer of the right solution. Mm -hmm. So when egos come into a meeting, people are thinking about my idea versus your, yours, I'll win this argument, I'm going to protect my fiefdom, those kind of things. And so where individuals are thinking there's a winner and a loser to the conversation, then there's going to be two losers, one of them and the business. Okay, so that, that, that's really a quote that I care about. Ego is the killer of the right solution. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is a great one. I think everybody can learn, learn from that one. So I appreciate that. Thank you for sharing that, those insights there, Tony. So let's go with uh, par parting thoughts. Um, where can folks go to find more about the company? Uh, what takeaways they sh should they have about Restaurant 365? What do you got? Yeah. So we, uh, man, we are a company that's very excited. Our, our core values are innovation, accountability, and family. And part of that is the employee family that we have here, but part of it is the customer family. When you join us, you're part of it. And the innovation part that I mentioned first, we're always driving this solution forward. We're passionate about continuing to grow it. We love to listen to customer feedback. So with that, I just invite everyone who's interested in being part of this family, go to restaurant365.com, drop us a note and, uh, and welcome aboard. Awesome, perfect, great stuff. All right, folks, uh, that was Tony Smith. 
co-founder and CEO at Restaurant 365. You can find all about how they help restaurants on the web at www.restaurant365.com. And for more great restaurant marketing, operations, service, people, and tech tips, stay tuned to us here at runningrestaurants.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much.